Welcome to Life Unedited. This is your lifestyle guide to living a life that aligns solely with you. I am your host, Tabitha Sweeney, a coach and inspirational speaker who is all about authenticity, friendly sass, and helping you unlock your best self. What's up, guys? All right. So I actually recorded already once for this week. It's edited. And by edited, I mean like I added the intro and the extra, outro. You know, it doesn't really matter. And it was like super simple. You guys know it's super simple. Like my editing process is almost nothing. That's why this is called Life Unedited. I had it, I was like done. I was ready. The transcript, everything was ready. And today I have this burning something that's telling me that's not the message I'm supposed to share. Huh. So what do we think that means? I don't know. Guys, I have no idea. But listen, there's been a lot going on recently over here. And I do mean a lot. Okay, like major. I have deepened my intuitive gifts and guidance on such a huge level that it shakes me at times. I have fully stepped in, and or maybe it's not stepping in. Maybe it's stepping up, stepping up to the call that I feel. And my job is simply to reply to it. It's not to know why. It's not. It's not to do any of those things. Now, I have always called this the universe. Okay, I was born and raised Catholic. I've always had a deep spiritual connection. But whenever I talk about things, I always say the universe, especially since going to college, because I went to a, a Catholic college. And what I learned was in one of my, you know, you had to take X amount of religion classes. And then like, I grew up Catholic where like the Bible is the Bible and it's literal. Like Jesus walked on water. He turned water into wine. The, the bushes burst into flames, right? Like all of these things. And when I sat down in this religion class, they basically were like, well, none of that actually happened. Those are just stories. And it rocked my world. And I really struggled at that point. And I've struggled with a lot with religion since. So I've always said the universe. Recently, I've taken to saying the goddess. Today, as I did my intuitive download for today, it felt like it was God talking to me. So honestly, when I say it, here's what I mean. I mean the higher power. Whatever you call it, whatever you believe in. Personally, I think that they are all interchangeable. And I will use the terms as such. Whether, so whether I say the universe, whether I say the goddess, whether I say God himself, I use those terms to all be interchangeable. And 
this week has been powerful on so many levels. Like, I don't know if I have the capacity to even break it all down. It, I have made some really big decisions and some of those decisions I don't have all the answers for yet. I don't have all the plans and there are people in my life who that drives freaking crazy, right? Drives them up a wall. But I have this unnerving nudge right now that I know I'm supposed to listen to. And it's telling me a few things. It's telling me that my move is inevitable and it's going to happen quicker than I think. It's telling me that even though for personal reasons, I am saying, I don't know if I want to go to Pittsburgh. I think I want to look at somewhere else. I know Pittsburgh is where I'm supposed to be. I know that without a shadow of a doubt. And I know that me going somewhere else is a detour because I am trying to ignore a, a slight bit of pain that I'm currently feeling associated with Pittsburgh. I know that I'm supposed to do this on my own. Hands down. I'm not supposed to be taking help. I know that everything I have been working for and waiting for is waiting for me in Pittsburgh. But here's the thing. There's super intuitive people like myself and there are super logical people like my family. And sometimes the two don't see eye to eye. And so I'm going to take you through a story. We're going to, we're going to tell a story today. And this is very personal. This is very raw. This is very vulnerable. But everything in me is telling me not to release what I taped yesterday and that this is what needs to be shared. So that's what I'm going to do because that is literally how I have started operating my life. I do what I'm told to do by the universe, not by other humans. Just, just putting that disclaimer out there for everyone. Okay, so here's the deal, guys. I want to start this story... 21 years ago, 2001, 22 years ago, oh my gosh, 22 years ago, 22 years ago, it was 2001, I was a freshman in college, and I was sitting in English, and there was this really, really cute boy who was like diagonally behind me. And I noticed a couple days later that we lived in the same dorm. And slowly we started talking. And he became my whole world. 
I was 18 or 19. He was 24. He was five years older than me. He had already done a tour in the Army. He was on a Green to Gold scholarship. He was back to complete his degree, and then he would go back in for another four years as an officer. We were in different places in our lives. He had seen things that I could never imagine. He also became the very first person who abused me. I didn't know the term gaslighting back then. I didn't I didn't know it at all. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know its power. I didn't know the abuse. I didn't know the way that gaslighting and reactive trauma actually change your brain chemistry. I thought what I was feeling was love. And I thought the things he was doing to me were out of love. I didn't understand that that it wasn't a healthy relationship. I didn't know any better. And so I went along with it, with all of it, with everything. And I remember the anguish that I felt I remember the constant insecurity I felt. I remember the I was in a constant state of shame and embarrassment. Like that was a constant thing for me because no matter what I said or did, he twisted it. He manipulated me. He he would tell everybody how crazy I was acting. He would break up with me. But then he would come back to my apartment. And this went on for almost two years. I was completely under his spell. He would talk about getting married to me. And that was all I wanted. I wanted to marry him. I wanted to be an army wife. I I wanted all of it so badly. Because he told me I wanted it. And I desperately changed every single thing that I could change about me to be what it was that he wanted me to be. And it still wasn't good enough. I didn't know that I was lovable the way that I was. I didn't know that I was lovable and that for the right person, I would never be too much. I didn't know. 
So in the midst of all of this, I feel like a crazy person. I'm consumed with guilt and shame 24-7. I'm taking a class. And in this class, we're learning about mental illness. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, they start describing a disorder. And I was like, I think that's me. I think that's me, right? And it was to a T everything that I had been feeling and going through and the crazy highs and the crazy lows. And granted, this was 22 years ago, okay? So much in the mental health industry has changed since then. We still have a long way to go, but we have gotten a lot better, okay? So how amazing is that? But here's the thing. I was like, what am I going to do? So here's what I did. I called the doctor. First, I told my mom, and I will never forget, my mom was, like, putting her makeup on, and, like, she was, like, in the bathroom getting dressed, and I, like, sat, like, right outside the bathroom on the cedar chest that sits outside the bathroom, and I was, like, I gotta talk to you. I think I, I think I'm bipolar. And so we, we went to the doctors, and the doctor said to me, with very little screening, yes, I think you are bipolar. I was never started in therapy. I was never started in counseling. They put me directly onto meds that made me even worse. I can still remember the nightmares that these that these meds gave me. Like I would wake up like in cold sweats, deep, deep, deep panic. We tried a couple other different meds and honestly... Nothing really helped. Nothing worked. And what I then realized was that I was I was going to this doctor who I didn't really like. And eventually I just stopped. Like I just, I stopped going. What I should have had was therapy and what a good therapist would have ended up deducing was I was not bipolar. Those high highs and those low lows were caused by somebody who was pulling the strings. He was dousing me in gasoline and lighting the match and then standing back going, I didn't start the fire, right? Every single one of them. College was one of the most incredible, amazing times of my life and also one of the absolute saddest because the amount of 
trauma that I endured over the shame and guilt that I felt, those feelings never have never left. They never went away. That was the first point in my life when I said, I'm going to change who I am. And I then proceeded to spend the next 20 years continuing to try and change who I was. That was the point when I started shrinking myself, like really started shrinking myself. The damage that he did to me was irreversible. And it stuck with me for a really long time. Now, we're going to move ahead. 2021 or 2022, I don't remember because honestly, everything since 2020 has kind of just been one great big blur. Actually, I'm pretty sure it was 2022. 2022, I finally get a very thorough diagnosis of ADHD and all of the pieces fit. So here's the thing. ADHD has a mood component to it, but it's not a mood swing disorder. But you have a harder time stabilizing your emotions, which what it means is the more someone pushes, the more you have a hard time holding that balance, you kind of really swing. That pendulum swings a little bit harder than other people might, right? We might get irritated faster. We might reach anger faster. We might do all sorts of things at different times, but also we can love harder. We fall harder. And all of the things that go around it. So it works both ways, good and bad. But here's the thing. Finally, for the first time in my life, I was like, this makes sense. Because up until then, I had two different therapists who I was with um, who both had told me, you're not bipolar. Like, you're not. And I was like, ah, are you sure? Because it always bothered me. That diagnosis didn't fit, but it bothered me. When I got diagnosed as ADHD, I was like, ah, this is it. It makes sense. My whole life makes sense. Everything makes sense. So I had the ADHD diagnosis. And suddenly I could learn how to make myself better. And I hate saying that because I'm not broken. None of us are broken. But I could learn now how to redirect my energy. I could learn now. I had answers for why I did things the way I did them. Okay? So I could also extend myself a little more grace. I could extend myself patience in the, in the space that I needed patience in. But now we're going to fast forward again. And we're fast forwarding to 2023. And a variety of things had happened. 
I made some very important decisions. Now, part of my ADHD, there's different types. If you're not familiar, there are different types of ADHD. There's the one where you can't sit still and you fidget nonstop. There's the one where you need extra sensory. There's one where you need less sensory. There is, you know, hyperactive. There is hyper-focused. There is all of these components in different types. I scored off the charts with my impulsivity. That is why back in college, I was diagnosed as bipolar. Because my impulse, I have very, I have very little impulse control, you guys. When I make my mind up, my mind is made up. There is no changing it. There is no second guessing. There is no regret. Regret is something I, I have only felt over words I've said, not over decisions I've actually made, if that makes sense. So anyways, that was just a tangent. Anyways, I made some decisions and these are decisions I had been thinking about for a really long time. And I mean a really long time. But I didn't know the when and I didn't know the where. But I knew. I knew that moving was in my future. I knew that it was the next thing I was going to do. But I, I just, I didn't know when, I didn't know where. And when I finally, when it came to me, I sat on it. For 24 hours, I didn't say a thing. At the 36-hour mark, I decided it was permanent. And at the 48-hour mark, I called my ex-husband and said, this is what I'm doing. I'm telling you this before I tell the kids. I am moving to Pittsburgh. I do not have the details yet. I do not have the exact date. I do not have the place. I do not have all of these things. I have the area I would like to be in. I know what schools I'd like to send the kids to. But I don't have the rest. I will keep you updated. But my daughter needs more than several weeks notice. She has to wrap her head around it. She has to be fully prepared. That That is who she is as a person. She is the most non-impulsive person ever on the face of the earth. So life went on. And I had said if if I could get the kids down there to get started in school this year so that they didn't have to start the school year and then move, it would be really cool. I still didn't have all the details. Couple more days went by and people were not happy with the decision I was making for me and my children. And then one day it really blew up. This is about five days after I put it out there and told everybody I felt like I needed to tell in person. Um, it was about five days later when things just completely fell apart and completely blew up and things escalated from a point of a dead cold standstill to 3,000 in, in 
60 seconds flat. I mean, like, no one saw it coming. And what happened next was traumatic. And I'm not going to get into all of the personal details because a lot of people involved in what happened next are not proud of their actions, myself included. But whatever the ugliest fight you can imagine is between a family, multiply it by 50. And in that mix, at one point in time, I didn't know where my children were. They were with my ex-husband. They were supposed to be back. Now they were late. They were not home yet. Emotions are already at a prime peak, past the point of boiling and actually overflowing. Like, you know, when you're boiling the macaroni, the water for the macaroni, and you walk away and you come back and it's like going right over the sides of the pot and burning as it hits the stove. That was the emotions going on for every single person involved. To say that things were said that were hurtful is the understatement of the year. And as people continued to attempt to have a conversation with me while I didn't know where my children were and I didn't know why they were not coming home and nobody was answering their phone, I was not in a space to have a conversation. And the more I said, I can't do this, the more some people continued to be in my face yelling, the more I screamed, the louder I screamed, the more I swore, the uglier I got. And to say that by the time my children finally got back to me and I got us out of there, that I had ice running through my veins, I had, it was, it was more than ice. <laughs> What's colder than ice? It was dry ice, right? I mean, it was bad. I was spewing hate on everyone. I'm not proud of the way I reacted, but I also think it was primal. I think it was instinctual. And I think a lot of it happened because of the way buttons had been pushed. And I really had no intention to talk about that fight today or 
right now. It still seems a little too close. Right? Like it it didn't feel ready to talk about. But here's what was ready. And this came to me this morning. And as this came to me, it was a feeling that I couldn't shake. At one point over the weekend, my mother said to me, you're acting the way you did in college. And I knew because honestly, I was feeling the way that I had felt in college. So she wasn't wrong. But here is what I realized. In both cases, my feelings were being manipulated and played upon by other people. In both cases, I was not expecting the abuse from the people it came from. In college, I had never, up until college, I had never experienced any relationship like that before, ever. I didn't know to be wor- worry, we- weary. I didn't know to be weary of relationships and of men. I didn't know. I didn't know. And this weekend, 22 years later, I didn't know that my family would ever do some of the things that they did to me. Both times, it was like somebody took a two by four to the back of my head and I never saw it coming. So what that this was the this was the irony that i found in here in 2001 going back 2002 2003 whenever we broke up i don't really remember we we broke up every other weekend so like i don't remember when the final time was um but that was when i made up the my point in my decision that it was time to change who i was This time, it was like the nail in the coffin of me going back to who I was born, that I'm not changing anymore. And see, that was, I think, one of the big things. When you create boundaries, when you decide who you are going to be and you stand firm in it and you become your authentic self and you live a transparent life it will require you to say no to people that you've never said no to before it will require you to put yourself first and stop people pleasing It will piss people off. 
wholeheartedly, it will piss them off because they aren't used to that. But you cannot sparkle if you are not authentic. The only way you can you get to sparkle in this world is if you are authentic. You cannot be authentic if you do not have boundaries. You will never be able to have set or hold boundaries if you don't think you're worthy. And you will never believe you are worthy if you don't accept your body as it is today. So do you see how all of this ties together? That is reverse engineering what I do in my messaging. And the the biggest reason for it is because it has taken me 20 years, 20 years from the day I said I will change for him and for every other man who ever meets me. Till the day when I said, this is me and I no longer will change for anyone. This is me and I will do what is best for me. I know what's best for me and only I can know that. And they started and they ended with this same tirade of emotions. And as I was in the middle of it, hyperventilating, unable to think, Jill says to me, this is part of your story. You need this to happen. And I said, I know. So what's my purpose in sharing all of this with you? You know what? I'm not even freaking sure because I had something totally else planned for today. But I'm sharing this because you need to know that your feelings are leading you somewhere and you're meant to feel them. You're meant to sit in them. You're meant to experience them. And that if you so choose to be quiet and still and trust in yourself, follow your own intuition, you will get to where you want to go. But it's not an easy journey. My money's still on that it's worth it. 
I mean, I'll get back to you guys and let you know, but my money's still on the fact that it's worth it. So on that note, you guys, I feel like this is a really long episode. Um, I, I'm not sure if it is or not, but it, it feels, I feel like I've been talking for a really long time. Maybe it's just because it's really emotional. I'm not sure. But what I want you to do right now is grab your journal, grab your notes, grab whatever it is, and ask yourself a couple things. The first thing I want you to ask yourself is, Am I changing for anyone? What have I changed about me? What doesn't feel real? What doesn't feel genuine or true? Can I tell you guys something? The emotions and the feelings that I had over the weekend, I hate them. They they are, I find them to be super distraught. And they really screw up my energy. But because of the way Mr. College made me feel way back then, I decided to shrink myself. And when I decided to shrink myself, I decided that I would no longer ever hurt someone's feelings because that seems reasonable. So I've spent 20 years working really hard and people-pleasing until a few months ago when a dear sweet friend of mine said to me, being nice doesn't suit you. And it really made me step back and question what was going on. Some people in some situations do not um, what's the right word? They do not. Oh my gosh, what's the right word? They're not worthy of being nice. Right? But here's the other thing. Sometimes those situations and sometimes those people you can help them more by kind of giving them a light tap by holding up a mirror and they never want to be mean I never want to intentionally hurt someone's feelings but I have spent 20 years bending over backwards for other people Practically almost killing myself in the process. And now the only person I'm going to worry about is me. And in my truest natural state, I'm not nice to everybody. I am nice to a lot of people. But if you are not worthy of, if you are not worthy of nice I'm no longer going to give it to you. 
Who have you been changing for? What have you changed? How have you shrunk yourself? The second question I want you to ask is, are you ready to grow back into you? To the full size, fullest version of you in all her glory with all her potential? I hope so, because you deserve it. On that note, you guys, go out and sparkle today.